yeah, it comes down to affecting the quarterback and stopping the run. And at that point, you're good. I mean, the tight end is great. They have good receivers, right? Yeah. Have a good running back, good quarterback, but you just got to play our brand of football. And each individual on defense has to do their 111th. As long as they do their 111th, everything can take care of itself. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. I'm happy to see athletes seeing this opportunity that exists for them to have this platform because it's like the media spins everything. So it's like control your own narrative, control your own story. And not to mention like, I would rather talk or hear from the individual, the player, the former player, the person who's around it, as opposed to necessarily maybe a third party talking about it. Like if you can get that kind of access, you know, that's where I was like, well, I could talk to someone who knows football, but it's like, can I talk to someone who played it at that location and knows people in the program to say, you know, what am I seeing as a, you know, even in the broadcast, right? You can watch a broadcast of a game. And when you really break it down, you're like, man, they're just talking. Like, I don't know what they're sometimes they're saying. So anyway, Mm -hmm. man, I'm just excited. Football season starting. We're going to build this podcast as we go. We're going to drop this episode on our main Sports E Plus platform. And then by next week, it's going to have its own place. So I'm watching real quick. So this is the... We're recording this on the Friday before the Buckeyes take on the Irish. But last night, I got to start here. Purdue. And did you watch the game, the Purdue game? I did not watch the Purdue game. Yeah. So what was wild with that, man, is they're playing like they're down 21 with about three and a half minutes to go. They can't run the ball. So Mm -hmm. like, what's it like? Because, you know, the NFL, it's like you typically have guys that can do all the things that you need to do and you can run all the different aspects of the game. Purdue couldn't run the ball. I mean, to the point where they couldn't trust it and they throw the ball. And I love that aggressive style. But at the same time, man, you got to kill some clock. Like, what are the players thinking in that moment when they're like, man, if we just kill some clock, we're going to get out of here with a big win against Penn State at home and that place is ready to go. But they can't close it out and Penn State marches down the field, takes the win and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in situations like that, I mean, you have your coaches. I mean, this is what Coach Tressel always talked about. We have to be able to control the line of scrimmage, both on offense and on defense. So when the games are tight, like you were explaining, like I didn't watch the game, but based off of everything that you just said. Yeah. That'd be a situation where Coach Tressel was like, hey, we need to kill the clock. We're going to run the ball. We need to get about three to four yards each time. And we need to keep the ball away from them. I mean, people called it Trussell ball, but that's kind of how we played the game anyway. So that's what I'm used to. It works. Well, there's got to be a lack of trust at some aspect to say, man, we're not even trying to run the ball at this point. I think they ran it one time I saw. And the only other time they got, they were killing clock is when they got sacked. And that was just the killer. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure what was going on. Like I said, I I didn't watch the game, right? So I would just chalk that up, for at least for Purdue, as it's being early in the season. Yeah. They're still trying to figure things out. I'm sure as season goes on, they'll be a little bit better on the run. But yeah, I mean, that right there is very important. That's what's going to separate the good teams from the great teams. Those who can control the clock, those who really can control the line of scrimmage. You have to be able to run the ball or stop the run on defense. So that's kind of it. Yeah. And you don't have to see the game to just hear like, that's what took place in the game. Just like there's stories out there right now. So you got former Notre Dame 
players. And this happens, right? People start talking. It's a big game. And you know, I don't know if you've seen what's going on on Twitter with Malik Zaire. Well, Malik, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I mean, so like, and I get it. He's got a podcast. He's talking. I don't know if you know him or know people that do. And he, maybe he's having fun, but he's spouting off over there. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He's saying a, a whole bunch about the Big Ten. The Big Ten isn't this. The Big Ten isn't that. But me watching it on Twitter and seeing it, I'm laughing because my brother played defensive end at Northwestern and they went in and beat Notre Dame when they were a top 10 team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you're over here talking trash about the Big Ten. So for me, it was kind of like, are you doing this for follows? Do you need the hype? Like, but again, cool, great for him. Like, that's what he's supposed to say, though. He's Notre Dame. That's what he's supposed to say about his team. But at the same time, the dog the Big Ten and you lost to Northwestern beat you at home at Notre Dame. Like, come on, don't do that. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with, I've always said, you can say, okay, so you could be a national media person. You could be anybody. You could just get on Twitter. You can get on ESPN and you can say, I don't think Ohio State's good. And they could just leave that statement out there and guess what's going to happen? You're going to have millions of fans across the country that are going to get in and engage with that comment that's going to boost it and we're going to get more clicks, right? It's just so disingenuous and it's so frustrating. But at the same time, like you have a very cerebral way and very calm. It's like, you're not going to get twisted, but you know how state fans are. Yeah, like I saw what he said. I'm kind of like, okay, man, whatever. And he's probably planning to like coach free and free Marcus's comments from earlier in the year, which a lot of those comments, in my opinion, based off of what he said, they were kind of twisted because we know Marcus. Marcus is a Buckeye through and through. And obviously he's a competitor too, so he's not going back down. Marcus is saying what he's supposed to say as the head coach of Notre Dame. And people get upset about that. I don't take offense. Yeah. I mean, of course, right? You should because they're so, you know, I love Ohio State. This is my team, X, Y, Z. But like, what is he supposed to say? Exactly. He's the head coach of Notre Dame. And he's coming into the shoe. (laughs) He's got to get his guys ready and hype, right? What do you want him to say? Like, this is what he's supposed to say. Yeah, it's wild how this stuff gets twisted. You know, there was that story about Baker Mayfield and he's down here (laughs) and he's told the reporter off, like the journalist off the air and he's like, we're going to fuck him up. It's like, again, what do you want him to say? He's just talking and his teammates are like, that's good. And the fans and the media and they take that out. But okay, so that stuff happens as a player, as a coach. I mean, you guys are dialed in, right? Like, do you even care at all that this stuff is happening? No, I mean, listen, Baker said that off air. Like, it wasn't like he was on an interview and just said it straight up right there. That was almost like a private conversation. But again, what is he supposed to say? Oh, well, I'm scared to go in the Cleveland or play Cleveland. Like, no. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I mean, if I was him, I'd be pissed too, right? Yeah. Like, he took a team to the, the playoffs and then maybe brought in another quarterback and didn't feel like the ending of that relationship was the best, right? But I mean, he's supposed to feel that way. I mean, and as Baker Mayfield, I don't understand why people are surprised that he said it off air. Like, who cares? That's it. I don't understand why people are surprised. We were at that game and watching him on the sidelines and they beat Ohio State that game and Ohio State had just kicked their ass in Oklahoma the year before. And you know what? He was getting hype, but it's for his team. It's like, what are people so upset about all the time? But back on real quick on like when Malik comes out and he says all these things or Marcus Freeman says these things, the players and the coach, I mean, that's just, to me, that's like for the fans, right? That's for the media do the players, right? Or is the safety room being like, oh man, like, dude, they don't care. Listen, those guys are busy watching film, trying to figure out what the receivers are going to do, what the office is going to do. So I don't think they're even paying attention to Malik's comments on Twitter. No, do I believe like what Marcus said, I'm sure there might be a quota or two in the locker room just because that's what we do, right? But 
They also don't know Marcus, right? I mean, they know Marcus, but they don't know Marcus. So Marcus is a Buckeye, period. Yeah, yeah. But he's also the head coach of Notre Dame. So like, he is the head coach of Notre Dame. So like, and I'm not trying to predict like where Ryan Day is going to be or where Marcus Freeman's going to go with his Notre Dame career. But let's just fast forward 15 years and things have changed. Like, is that something in the future that you think like a Marcus Freeman would be like, number one, he'd be welcome back here if that were the case and they wanted him and he'd want to come in a place like Ohio State. Listen, Urban Meyer <laughs> came to Ohio State yeah. after beating Ohio State in the national championship. Ass, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Ohio State would be all right. Yeah. They'll accept him in open arms. Like, it is what it is. Like I said, he's a Buckeye. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just like to hear it from, because it's so funny to me when you hear media people talk about these things. And we talked a long time ago off air, or actually on the podcast about Jim Trestle and what, you know, people had these opinions of Trestle. And it's the O2, right? It's the 20 year reunion of the 2002 national championship year. And like, what a year that was. Like, still have chills. Like, just those games were crazy, man. But people had these opinions of what happened with Trestle and what kind of person he was. And anyone I've talked to that knew him, that was a part of his team, they said, don't ever say a bad word about him in front of me because it was like, man, he taught me more about life than just anything. And But you hear all this crap that's out there and it's just it's just noise. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just noise. I mean, again, biased or not, I believe Coach Trestle was one of the greatest humans in this world. The things he taught us while we were here at Ohio State, from reading the winner's manual and taking quiet time every morning just to collect your thoughts, say what you're thankful for and grateful for. Like those things are important. And I still use those same methods today. <laughs> like every day, I'm making sure that I put myself on the schedule, waking up at like 4.15 every morning, working out at five, and then giving myself when I get done around six, giving myself at least 15 to 30 minutes to where I can sit down look at life, read something positive, and then think about what I'm grateful for and thankful for, and then move on with my day on a schedule. So like, he was teaching us life lessons at 18, 19, 20 that I'm carrying on right now. Yeah. So Man, yeah, I mean, I love it. regardless of what happened. Yeah. It's all yeah. changed. So, well, I'll tell you what, mm -hmm. man, one thing I've learned is, yeah, there can be a bias and that could sway someone in the wrong direction. But I also say, just because you're biased doesn't mean you're wrong, right? You might be very right. Yeah. So, I mean... And with everything that's changed in college football, and I know the rules have changed and the rules were what they were, but it's like, man, what are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the rules are so funny to me because when you, kind of going back to the fans, when you hear or see fans saying, all this money in college football is going to change things for the worse, it's kind of like, sir or ma'am, you realize college has been making millions off of sports for years, right? Now you're upset because now the players are getting a feast? Like, that's weird to me. Yeah. That's very weird. Man, I'll tell but, you what. Big Ten signs a $7 billion TV deal. Listen. With no player contracts. USC, bring them in here. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I was so happy when USC and yeah. when UCLA came through. I was like, what? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Now, football is great. Basketball and other sports will be interesting, especially with the travel. The field hockey game and UCLA. and But, you yeah. know, they, they got figured out. It's an experience that these student athletes get to go through. So, you know. Yeah, I've heard that. And I think that's true. I mean, because you probably go out West and you play both USC, UCLA, and they're not going to be the only ones, right? There's going to be other teams that come. I know California's trying to block it, right? It's just ridiculous politics and they right. don't want to lose yeah. that. I was going to try to, I wanted to tune into the Arizona State game for some reason. I told you my son's looking at schools. I want to see what that looked like in that scene. I was like, I can't watch the game because the Pac-12 network isn't on here and I got to go get Fubo TV or something. I was like, no, that's crazy, yeah. man. I was like, 
get the games on TV and then people will start watching. And if I can't get the content, well, then what good is it? Exactly. You know, exactly. So mm-hmm. speaking of bias, right? You're biased towards the defense and we got a new coordinator in town. What are you hearing? What are you thinking about the Jim Knowles defense? I'm hearing that Jim Knowles is a great teacher, which is good. I know he has a lot in his playbook. And just looking at what he did with Oklahoma State and their defense, and they were a top five defense, I believe it was, in the nation, in the Big 12, Mm. when Big 12 is not known for defense at all, right? And I happened to watch the Oklahoma State-Notre Dame game and actually saw them battle back and really beat Notre Dame in that bowl game. So, like, I'm excited for what he's going to do, especially with the talent that we have here at Ohio State compared to Oklahoma State. And at Oklahoma State, I don't want those players to think I'm saying anything bad about you guys because I'm not. But we're just saying talent as far as stars and this, that, the other compared to what Oklahoma State would get. So I know he's probably excited about, you know, the talent. And I know the safety, I think Tanner. Tanner McAllister. Yeah, yeah. Tanner, yeah. He just transferred over from Oklahoma State. So he's been a probably a big help on that defensive side of the ball. And I'm excited for it. Very excited. Yeah. That safety room seems deep right now. Like that might be one of the deepest rooms they got. So being a safety man, you got to be excited to watch these guys like Proctor's back from injury. Listen, I just want to see them flying around. That's all I care about. Proctor, Josh Proctor is probably one of my favorite Buckeyes. And it started for me in the Big Ten Championship when we were playing, I want to say it was Wisconsin. Yeah. It was Wisconsin. It was like towards the last, I think it was the last play Wisconsin ran. The quarterback oh, rolled man, out yes. was trying to put to the end zone. He laid him out. Yeah. At that moment, I said, Josh Proctor is my favorite yeah. football player yeah. at Ohio State. Yeah. He took him out, man. <laughs> like, he took him out and just did not care. And that hurt last year when he got injured. That hurt the defense. I felt bad for the kid, right? Because he was doing something and he was one of the best players on the field last year. And you need, and that defense especially needed that safety. I mean, that defense was like, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited that he's back. I'm excited that we... You know, we have a defensive coordinator here that's kind of switching things up, reestablishing that culture of silver bullets. And I mean, we have the expectation at Ohio State that we're going to be a top five defense. At least that's how it was when I was there. I mean, that's our expectation. We play defense. That's what we do. Yeah. There's a transition period, right? Because he's just here. Now he's been coaching defense a long time and he's got, like you said, talent, but they ain't never been on the field together. Right. And so all of a sudden and they're showing up and it's a whether they win or lose, Notre Dame's a good football team. And we can pretend that they're not, but they are. And that's going to be like what happens that first game is people are going to, like we talked about before, fans, media, they jump on it. And like you talked about earlier with Purdue, like it's early in the season. It just happens you're playing another top team in the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people this. It's because of what I always preach from Coach Fick, Coach Haynes, Coach Haycock, Coach Tress, those guys on the other side of the field they're on scholarship too. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're on scholarship too. So you have that piece and it's still early in the season. So I'm not going to rip my hair out of my head if we get beat deep here or there or if we're missing tackles here or there. I mean, it's game one. Guys are still figuring it out and eventually it will come together. You know, everything will be great. We'll be a well-oiled machine here, hopefully by week, you know, three, four or five. But, you know, as long as I see the guys out there flying around and they're like having relentless pursuit to the football, that's all I care about. Yeah. You can fix everything else. Yeah. This game will be interesting because you have a quarterback that can, he can run the zone read, right? He can move. They got a tight end who probably is their best offensive player. They got receivers who aren't as well known. I and mean, I'm not saying that they're not good, but you know, maybe we just don't know yet. I think Styles 
who's the older brother, right? And he played mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. So as a safety or as a defense, like, and you got this tight end who's, let's say, a first-round draft pick in the NFL, like, you know he's the guy. What are you all thinking as a safety when you're coming in there and saying, okay, the focus, we have to focus on this. And obviously the strategy is going to change. Like, do you take him out? Do you give him his and shut everything else down? But like, what are you thinking when you're lining up against one of these, like the top tight end in the country? I think, and I'm going to sound just like Coach Haycock when I say this, but it comes down to affecting the quarterback. We have to affect the quarterback. And that starts with our D-line getting pressure, getting hits on the quarterback, getting sacks. And then the front seven, we essentially have to stop the run. If you stop the run, you force them to pass, then you're good. And as far as defensive backs, if we're in coverage, we have to at least stay in coverage and hold coverage for at least three seconds, three to four seconds so that the pressure can get there. At that point, you're good. But uh, yeah, it comes down to affecting the quarterback and stopping the run. And at that point, you're good. I mean, the tight end is great. They have good receivers, right? Yeah. Have a good running back, good quarterback, but you just got to play our brand of football. And each individual on defense has to do their 111th. As long as they do their 111th, everything can take care of itself. Yeah. And it's interesting. You see like these quarterbacks that, that he can run, but he ain't never faced this defense that, you know, and I get it. Ohio State's defense has struggled in the past, but you know, if anything happens, they're going to come flying. They're triggering, they're hitting. And I remember that Virginia Tech game, the one in Virginia Tech, and their quarterback was talking a little bit. And he wasn't the biggest guy. So I know it's different, man, but they about broke him by halftime. And some of the hits he was taking in that game were just like, man, I don't know if he should be on the field because he's playing NFL players all over the place and they're just laying him out. That's a different style. And you get a little shaky back there. And like you said, they start throwing some opportunities to you guys. Yep, exactly. I mean, just comes back down to affecting the quarterback in that Virginia Tech game. I mean, that was payback. Yeah, yeah. That was payback. So like those games are a little bit easier to go really get after somebody after, you know, they've been a loss and then they've been drawn. So yeah, absolutely. There's kind of a little payback. I mean, they got a little payback, I guess, against Utah in the Rose Bowl, but they're still feeling the effects of that, that other game. We don't even talk about it. And you got to think like, that's to the point, like they're going to be flying around out there. Uh, listen, and it's in the shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the conversations that's been happening is the cornerbacks, really good cornerbacks. The depth at cornerback has been an issue. And I know there's been, you know, some players have been banged up, Hancock, right? But there's also talk of like a Cam Martinez or another player coming in. And if we have to, so you're a safety and I get it. Some safeties can make that switch and others can't. I know they've been talked about, they've been, you know, working with the corners. So if something were to happen mid game and all of a sudden Cam Martinez has to come in and maybe play some corner, Man, that's a lot, right? There's a lot of things to be thinking about, but is it just as simple as next man up? Not as simple as that, but... It depends on the scheme, right? Yeah. It's next man up, it's the scheme, it's everything. Because, well, since it's the 20-year reunion, I guess I can talk about it, but from my understanding, from what the older players told me, T. Grant, who was our linebacker, right? The national championship year, Will Linebacker. At one point, he was playing boundary corner. Yeah. And then was like playing safety. And so like, it just depends on the scheme. I mean, if they need him to play corner, I'm sure they will. And if they feel like, hey, he'll be better at just playing more of the boundary corner type position, then, you know, so be it. I mean, we have the athletes to do it. And as long as they've been working with the corners to get that done, I'm sure whatever these coaches feel like, hey, this is what's best for the team. I mean, I know they'll figure it out. Yeah, I got you. Switching back to the other side of the ball or going to the other side of the ball, last year, red zone offense became an issue. I mean, they were scoring, right? And I saw it was like 91% scoring, which is, that's great. But it was 64% touchdowns in the red zone last year for that team. And I get it. They're a big play, right? They can hit you. 
their running game wasn't. And third down, third down efficiency was like 44%. It wasn't good enough. Now, as good as that offense was, it's kind of like, well, you just found the one thing that they didn't do well. It just so happens to be like, those are the big plays that they have. And when you get in that red zone, you got to punch it in. And I know they were running so much to the outside with their running back. So they've changed the running style up a little bit from what I understand. They're going to be hitting more gaps with Travion Henderson and Like, what are you thinking about that? What comes to mind when something like that happens for an offense that, I mean, they're so lethal and they're probably the best offense in college football, but at the same time, like there's stuff there that they got to work out, right? Yeah, I mean, goes back to the first thing. You got to be able to control the line of scrimmage. If you can't control the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball, you're going to be in for a long day, especially in the red zone. You have to be able to score. You have to be able to run the ball. And with our new, I forgot our offensive line, Coach Fry. Coach Fry. Yeah, yeah, Justin Fry. Yep. Yeah. He's coming in. I know he's had an emphasis on that as well. So it's just going to be those, what we call the big uglies up front. You know, really just being tough and opening up gaps for our running back so that we can actually go drive the ball in. So again, we have to be able to run the ball. The teams that can run the ball in the beginning of the year, but also, as Coach Stress will say, if you can run the ball in November, you will win, especially in the Big Ten. You have to be able to run the ball. Yeah. So they've had these running quarterbacks, you know, who can also obviously throw at JT Barrett, Justin Fields, and then you got Stroud come in there and he's just, he's amazing with the ball in his hand. What are you thinking? Like, he doesn't need to be, I don't think personally, he needs to be a running quarterback, but like he had that run, I think it was in that Utah game, right? And he got that first down and he got hype over that. And I think the team rallied around that. They got excited about it. Do you think there's moments and you pick your battle and you don't want that guy to get hurt, right? You need him throwing the football. You don't need him running it. Do you think there's going to be times and maybe it's the Notre Dame game, it's the Penn State game, it's those games when like, man, we need a first down. I don't care how you get the first down. You just got to get it. Is there times where he's going to have to tuck it and run? Yeah, I think he learned a lot from the Michigan game. Well, really the games before that, but really Michigan last year, he learned a lot because Michigan knew like, hey, he's going to try to throw the ball regardless. He does not want to run. One time he took off and ran. The touchdown was called back, but he ended up having a great run. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Yeah. But I think that bled over to the Utah game where he was like, okay, if I have to run, then I'm going to run. And I mean, we're not asking him to go 60. No. Just go get the first down slide. I really don't care. And I think he's recognizing that. And I mean, he's a great quarterback already. I think he's NFL ready. And from my understanding, after reading some reports, the pro day last year at OSU, there were some scouts that said, hey, the best player there, we couldn't draft. Yeah. <laughs> That's, crazy. Job, That's crazy. That's right? crazy, man. So, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, and I think he'll decide when he needs to run. I don't think he's the type to overdo it or overthink it, and I think he'll do good. He always makes good decisions, as you can tell from his numbers. So Yeah. Well, you talked about it before, man. I mean, he was young. He was still a baby. Yeah. He threw his first ball last year, just to think about in college football. That's crazy. He was still a baby. So, yeah. And he's bigger now. I mean, they talk about him. They bulked him up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that conditioning. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mickey does an amazing job in that weight room. Yeah. Coach Mick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they talked about Travion Henderson. Like, he was ridiculous coming out of high school, but he didn't play his senior year. He looked big to me, right? And they said he didn't have the college football body yet. And so by the end of the year, it was a little bit worn down. But they say now it's just, it's different. You know, like he's just ready to go. Yeah, he was coming off a knee injury and then didn't really get a full, full year in the weight room. And it makes a difference. Being in a college weight room, especially under Mickey, makes a huge, huge difference. So he's going to do very well. I'm excited to see him run. What are you thinking? So we look at predictions. Predictions are what predictions are. Everyone's got one. Do you have a prediction for the game? Listen, as long as Ohio State wins, I'm great. I mean, since it's early in the year, 
I'm expecting some touchdowns and a high-scoring game just because it's still early, right? First game, top five, under the lights. How are these players going to perform on either side? You know, so I would say let's go 35-21 Ohio State. What players are you looking out for? Are there any players you got to, like, I got to see. I can't wait to see these guys run around the field. Honestly, just the entire defense, number one. I just want to see them run. Offensively, I want to see how Harrison does. I'm very excited to see him. I mean, he had a great game versus Utah. Excited to see him more in the mix. Excited to see how we're going to use our tight ends this year. Stover being the captain and really transition from tight end to linebacker to our defensive end yeah. to tight end to linebacker back to man. tight end. Yeah. Excited to see him play. He's been a great leader. Obviously, both our running backs and Henderson and Williams. I mean, CJ Stroud is going to do what he does. You're just ready to, for football, man. I agree, though. I'm just ready for football, really, honestly. Marvin Harrison Jr., I think, is going to be... Because people are going to start to... And they saw it in the Utah game, but if they weren't watching, they'd be like, wait a second. I used to watch his daddy playing, right? And he's going to pop. And I'm also interested to see... And I know a lot of people talked about Julian Fleming because he hasn't really been out there yet. And That guy is something else. I just read something the other day. Oh, his shoulder always pops out of the socket, apparently. But the other day, his shoulder popped out of the socket. He popped it back in, then went out and scored two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. He's a big boy, man. Yeah, I mean, we have so much talent there. He's a leader, too. So, like, I'm just excited to see the entire wide receiver core. But very excited to see, like I said, Harrison just really take off. Just because I, I know he did his thing versus Utah. And we already know what uh, Njigbu's going to do. Like, come on. Yeah. We already know. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one is like, yeah, I already know what you can do. I want to see the young guys. You know what I mean? So I'm excited for that. It's crazy to think you lose Wilson Olave and this room is still ridiculous, man. It, it ain't going to stop. Listen, Brian Hartline is the secret, man. Man, he's something. Be Hart. I mean, Ohio State better keep on paying him. Keep on paying yeah, my man. That's the guy. Whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they yeah, keep coming. Man. I mean, they're behind these guys too. So it's like, it ain't going to stop because you get excited if you don't like Ohio State. It's like, oh, finally, Wilson and Olave are in the NFL. How long has Olave been there? It's like, wait till you get a load of Marvin Harrison Jr. Are you kidding me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just keep on going. Keep on yeah, going. Man. So I'm excited for him. Yeah. Nate, this is awesome, man. We're going to do this every week. We're going to bring other people in. We'll just have these conversations. We're going to build it as we go. We talk Buckeye football. We can talk the previous week. We can talk the upcoming week. We can talk all this stuff, man. But I appreciate you, man. This is good stuff. Absolutely, man. Listen, I'm looking forward to it. This season's going to be great. And since the game's down here this year, the game, we got to set something up to where we can get you up here and we can do this live during the game, yeah. maybe. So. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. I'm in. That'll be cool. Yeah, man. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.